<laughs> Alright, so this piece, man, is called um You. Okay. You you got a lot to smile for you. You got a lot to live for you. You got a lot to do so you you can't give up now, you you got a lot to smile for you. You got a lot to live for you. You got a lot to do, so you, you can't give up now. See, this is a poem for every human mm. who ever had the nerve to question their own existence. God told me to tell you that he designed you in perfect on purpose. There ain't nothing in your mirror you should question. Your flaws are beautiful, accept them. Don't listen to what them naysayers be telling. Tell them you ain't buying what they selling. Because what you already got is a top quality, an unbuyable commodity. Came straight from the source and you were born. You were pure gold when you popped from your mother's belly. Ain't nothing you need missing. You are extraordinarily exquisite. You perfect in that picture. You hang on the walls of hearts like art. No need to alter your image. For the rest of your days, I want you to be bold and resilient. In the toughest of times, I want you to rise from the ashes like a phoenix. Your presence is a present on Christmas. It's anticipated by many. They sit and wait on your arrival like children wait on Santa to come down the chimney. Your entrance into the room is grand. Nothing about you minuscule. You are well-rounded, 360, no degrees missing. For the rest of your days, hold your head up high as if you are on a mission because you are. You got a purpose and you are on purpose. Don't live life like you're an accident. You are fully insured, so rest assured that your greatness is already written in stone. I saw a man who was homeless and hungry. Smiled from cheek to cheek. When in my opinion, he had two good reasons to complain. But his joy is a reminder that there was always a ray of sunshine somewhere. And just because you don't see it immediately, don't mean it ain't there. Sometimes you gotta open your eyes, lean in, and look a little bit closer. There was always beauty in the blemishes behind the borders of the basics in the background, like a background singer, was just as much gift from God as the girls and the guys in the front. And just because they shine bright, don't make your light dim. Stop comparing. You are not like them. And just because they got it doesn't mean you don't. Sometimes you just gotta be patient because maybe your miracle is marinating and your blessing is still baking and you can't rush perfection. God is an artist or respect his. You are a magnificent masterpiece made in the image of the Most High with the faith of a mustard seed. You can move mountains. Now that's magic. So why worry when you are the child of a warrior? You got it. Everything you ever desired is already inside your heart. There is no need for a Wizard of Oz when all you got to do is open your eyes and realize that it's always been there the entire time. You. You got a lot to smile for you. You got a lot to live for you. You got a lot to do so you you can give up now. That was beautiful. We gotta edit in some clips. Snap, snap. Chris James, ladies and gentlemen, the founder of the House of Art. You've written four stage plays. You've released two books. You recently hosted a TED Talk. I mean, you're really, really doing it. You're getting ready to move to Atlanta. You're working on a, I want to say a world tour, but <laughs> a tour across the country. Yeah, yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Um, so I am definitely on the journey um, um, to do some 
amazing things. Uh, so yeah, so I'm moving to Atlanta um, very, very soon within the next couple of days now. Um, and I'm going um, to expand the brand of what I've been doing uh, for the last seven, eight years um, <clears throat> with my stage play specifically. Um, so my latest stage play, Dear Black People, uh, we are uh, working right now on a uh, national tour. Uh, it'll start in New Orleans in the fall. Um, go to Atlanta, Little Rock, Memphis, Dallas, Birmingham, uh, Jackson, Mississippi. Um, yeah, so and then right after um, my next stage play, The Odds Against Us, uh, will begin a national, well, a, a regional tour across the South. Um, so yeah, so that's what we're doing. Uh, it's really my goal to, um, to take my stage plays and put them into the eyes and the ears and the hearts of the people. Um, yeah, so that's my life, man. That's, that's what I'm working on. So uh, I'm excited about it. So I want everybody in, in Arkansas and all around the world to get ready and support me when you hear my name. Awesome. So in terms of like the house of art and your books and your stage plays, I feel like they all somewhat have like a central theme. They Would definitely you agree? do. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, so my uh, my focus and my central theme, my passion, uh, is words and poetry. Uh, so I've always been a, uh, a big a, a big believer in having a foundation. So again, my foundation is poetry, and everything that I do reflects from that. So all my stage plays are written and performed in poetry verse. Um, uh, the House of Art. Uh, it is a poetry venue, so it's a place, uh, but it's also an art gallery and a place for any type of artist to come to come display their artwork uh, or their performance art, uh, but I open it as a poetry venue. Um, you know, uh, my books are, they all have my latest book, Black Boy Blues, uh, which you can find on Kindle, uh, Amazon.com, or the Chris James Journey.com. Uh, Black Boy Blues is a collection of my poetry, uh, The Odds Against Us, which was my first book, which was also my first stage play, uh, is a collection of poetry, interviews, uh, and my reflections on those interviews. So yeah, so everything uh, goes back to poetry for me. Did you always know you wanted to be a poet? Man, um, in the seventh grade is when I discovered I wanted to be a writer. Um, you know, I knew I was different. Uh, I knew I, di I didn't like sports. I didn't like, you know, I didn't like any of the things that typical boys black boys in the hood like doing. I like writing. Um, in the seventh grade, I, I used to tell myself I wanted to write for a black newspaper uh, when I got older, or be a reporter, to, you know, to, when, I, when something happened in the, like on the crime scene, I wanted to be the <laughs> one who reported the story, how it really happened. Mm -hmm. um, and then as I, uh, so in the seventh grade, I also discovered poetry, um, and I wrote my first poem about a girl, of course. Um, and then, you know, as time went on, it evolved, and I kept writing about different things. But writing was just, even at a very early age, was my way to escape. Uh, so I always knew this was what I wanted to do. Uh, not exactly how I wanted to do it, but I knew writing was in my future. So what did that journey look like from seventh grade, your writing, to now you're an adult and your poetry is profitable? Like, what did that journey look like for you? What steps did you take along the way? Man, um, well, you know, um, first off, I like to start, I start off with one story. Um, so in the seventh grade, uh, my, my science teacher, Pilar Murphy, um, she caught me writing poetry while I was supposed to be doing my science work. Uh, and instead of her saying, hey, you need to do this and start writing these poems, she encouraged me to keep writing. Um, so that encouragement has 
gotten me to where I am right now because just one person believing in me um, helped me to become the man that I am today, the writer and the poet that I am today. Um, so yeah, so what the journey looked like for me was, uh, again, seventh grade I started writing and I was always writing. Um, I had never really performed until 12th grade uh, at North Dwight High School where they had a poetry night. Uh, and my teacher, uh, Faith Jones, uh, encouraged me to write I mean, or to perform. And I performed that poem um, at the poetry night and people received it. Uh, I think um, I even cried while reading the poem uh, because I've always, you know, wrote about, you know, struggle and things that I personally relate to or go through or, or been through. Um, but after that, you know, I, I went, went to the Army, whatever basic training and all that. Uh, came back and went to college at UAPB uh, my, first, my first, first semester. And I heard about an open, my, my friend Selena Bowie from high school called me and told me about an open mic that was happening in Little Rock. So I came to that open mic. And coming to that open mic changed my life. Uh, because at that open mic, I met people who were literally doing poetry for a living, people who took poetry seriously, um, people who were traveling across the country doing poetry. And I was like, man, that's a dream that I, that I had. So it's possible. So me seeing that it was possible, I began taking it a lot more serious and meeting those groups of people that I met in this Little Rock poetry community. Um, it also helped me find my voice. It helped me uh, realize that writing about the things that I was writing about was cool. I can write about black struggle. I can write about, you know, my brothers being in prison. I can write about me being a father when I was 16 years old. I can write about me selling the crack rock when I was 13. I can write about these things through poetry and be unapologetically honest and people will receive it mm -hmm. and not judge it, you know. Um, so yeah, you know, so from that, man, I've, you know, uh, so again, meeting those people, I, really, I, I discovered that I can make a living doing it. Uh, so ever since I've been just, always you know um, learning new ways to make a, li a living off of my poetry from workshops to performing uh, to hosting shows to turning my poems to stage plays um, um, to putting my, my poems in books I'm putting poetry and chill quotes on, on shirts right um, and, um, and just making poetry as profitable, profitable as I could. So, That's yeah. awesome. That's so awesome. And it seems like you had a lot of support. It seems like there were a lot of people encouraging you to, to pursue your dreams. Was there ever a time or instance you can give us where you were discouraged or people were trying to discourage you from pursuing poetry full time? Uh, yeah, uh, well, um, so I will say, uh, yeah, no, no, I, I've had a lot of support, you know, uh, People who, um, you know, a lot of folks, you know, when they make it to a certain level, they're like, I made it here by myself, you know, whatever. But I, I'm, I wouldn't dare say something like that. Um, you know, I owe my, my success to people like my seventh grade teacher, uh, Miss Murphy, uh, to people like Ron Mack that I met in my adult life, Apollo, Stacey McAdoo, True Poet, uh, Drew Morning. Um, you know, all those are the, all those people encouraged me and pushed me. Marcus Montgomery, one of my first mentors uh, in college at Pulaski Tech uh, when I transferred there. Um, but I owe my success to all these people. Uh, but yeah, there have been times um, when I felt discouraged, you know, uh, where I felt like, man, I, I can't make no living off of this stuff, off of poetry. Um, so there were times where I just kind of, you know, fell back from it. And, uh, and I pursued other entrepreneurship uh, opportunities, you know, like 
when I was 19 to 20, I opened a carpet cleaning business. I was doing that. Um, then I started a car detailing business. Uh, then I started doing photography. Uh, you know, then I got a regular job at like a Walmart or something. Uh, then I, I was a supervisor at like a, a Dollar General. Um, so yeah, so so there were times where I got discouraged, and I, you know, and I went to do these things. Um, but it was this one specific moment uh, when I used to go to this barber shop on Pike Avenue in North Little Rock. Uh, and the barber had been cutting my hair. His name was Tony. He'd been cutting my hair for like 12 years. Uh, when I was leaving, he was like, what you finna go do, little Chris? I was like, oh, man, I'm about to go find me a job, bro. Got to get these coins, you know, as the young folks would say. <laughs> uh, he was like, well, while you out there looking, go create you one. You know, and, uh, and ever since, I've been like, you know what? I'm going to create me a job, you know. Uh, doing something that I love. Um, so in 2013, I was working for Pulaski County uh, Government, uh, the youth service program, and uh, I was making really good money. You know, I was, you know, like for to be a, a dude from the hood with no college degree, none of that, to be bringing home with a $1,100 check every two weeks, you know, to, to be teaching an art program to youth on John Barrow. I was doing pretty good, you know, especially mm -hmm. in Arkansas. That's money in Arkansas, you know, because it's cheap to live here. Um, you know, but I, I discovered that that wasn't what made me happy. Um, and, I also, and I also realized that happiness, well, success and, and wealth is in your happiness. You know, um, so I quit that job November 2013, and uh, I started, I told myself, I, I saved up a little bit of money, you know, to, to get by for like three to four months. And I quit that job in November. My goal was to finish my book and to travel. Uh, I finished that, my first book, The Eyes Against Us, within a month. Um, I went to uh, D.C. to tour. I, did, I toured the whole DMV, you know, D.C., Maryland, Virginia. Uh, came back to Arkansas, did a, a book release in, in Little Rock, in Palm Bluff. And after that, I just kept going. And before I looked back, I was like, man. And now I'm in 2017, and I've not had a regular job since. I've been doing nothing but my art full time and I've traveled across the country, I've flown planes everywhere, I've been everywhere you can you can think of because of my poetry, um, because I didn't allow those discouraging circumstances or moments in life um, to stop me from where I was supposed to be. So yeah, I know I went all the way around with that question. No, but, uh, that's perfect. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. That's perfect. I, you definitely answered it to, to its extent and I love I love that you are able to do what you love. And, and so many people want that for themselves. And for whatever reason, their circumstances don't allow it mentally. Yeah. Because they feel like, oh, I need to do, I need to get a job. I need to go to college. I need to do what my family wants me to do. I need to do what my spouse wants me to do. But it's important to do what makes you happy. So what advice do you have to the young person out there that's struggling with finding the confidence to wholeheartedly go after what they're passionate about? Man, so this is my excuse to everybody who allows fear to get in their way. Very simple. I'm going to elaborate on it. But the main thing I want to say that I would say to any young person, to anybody who wants to go after what makes them happy is don't be no punk. I, uh, there are a lot of people who are, who are afraid to do what they're supposed to be doing. Don't be no punk. And also realize that there's not a shortage of opportunity out here. It's a shortage of people executing on their share. Um, I went to Chicago and we was on a we was on a boat and we was just you know out there you know living a life mm -hmm. and, uh, and we just saw these folks just on on boats midweek like you know while everybody else at work 
you know, so we, so I, everybody I went with was entrepreneurs. So we out there just chilling, but we on, on on this just in the middle of this big old body of water, and people just on boats, just chilling, flying by on their on their speedboats. And, and my friend said, he's like, man, it is not a shortage of money, because people just riding on these expensive boats, just kicking it. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and 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 I repeat myself uh, in another way, where he said. It, it ain't a shortage of money. It, it ain't. There's so much money out here, but we just have to make it clear on why people should give us some. So anyway, so back to that. Back to the question. Um, yeah, I would tell young people, man, just to you know, nothing worth having is easy. Um, and and it, and it's gonna be a, a constant journey. And the moment you start, you start, um, you know, getting a little bit of success. Circumstances are gonna ha are gonna happen, you know. But that's all a part of the process it's all a part of the journey so you so you take those those hard blows at your belly and, but you keep moving you keep grinding um and i promise you like my football coach told me uh in middle school he said when you get i was a running back he said when you get tackled you know usually when you get tackled they tackle you at your waist because they want to take your legs out right mm -hmm. but he said if you keep moving your feet it'll be harder for them to take you down but it's the same way with your journey and working towards success you keep moving your feet and eventually you will get there. It'll be harder for those circumstances to knock you down. Um, so just keep moving your feet. Keep making some kind of progress towards what you want because if you're standing still, you will get nowhere. You know, so keep moving. Um, and I, I got one more analogy. I, I, I could talk a lot, so I'm sorry. No, but, no. but I'll say this. Um, I'm, renov I'm, sorry, I'm renovating the house right now, right? Mm -hmm. and, and what I realized is that um, when, when building a house, right, uh, a lot of times you got to start from the ground up, um, and a lot of times, I, so I, well, so I was getting discouraged when I was when I first started renovating this house, right? Um, and these contractors were giving me these these huge list of things that I needed to do. Mm -hmm. That was like, man, you got to do this. You got to pay two thousand for the roof. You got to pay two thousand for the plumbing. You got uh, three thousand for the HVAC system. You got you got to do all this. And I kept getting discouraged. I'm like, man. Uh, and, there were times where weeks and months would go by where I wouldn't do anything because I was so discouraged about the whole overall thing that needed to be done. But I had to come to the to come to the realization, like, man, I just need to do one thing at a time, what, no mm -hmm. matter what order that it's in, you know. Um, so I, I'm just gonna start with the roof. I'm gonna do the roof, and then I worry about everything else later, you know. And people don't start their businesses or start what they want to do in life because they they worry about. The, 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 whole, the entire picture instead of just one thing. So if you got 30 things to do, just start choosing one. And not got that one, then worry about number five later and just do them, you know, in whatever order that is in. So if you, you're trying to start a business, don't not start your business because you can't afford the website, the business license, uh, the, the branding, and all the things that you can at one time. Mm -hmm. Just do one at a time, and then eventually you will get that thing completed, you know. So, yeah. That's what I was saying. That's great advice. You know, keep moving forward. If you do little things every day to work towards your goals, you will eventually reach them. For sure. I agree 100%. So tell me about your purpose, which is like, that's a deep question. Tell yeah. me about your purpose. <laughs> yeah. Tell me about your purpose and how you feel it aligns with the work that you do. Ah, man, uh, my purpose. Uh, and I feel like everybody got they got a part in the world, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like a, a lot of folks call me about, you know, uh, or I have hit me up about like doing like certain things that don't align with what I with what I feel is is right for me to be doing, mm -hmm. or like uh, or like for instance, cats have hit me up. You know, when things have happened in our city about organizing like marches or or uh, you know Black Lives Matter type of events or whatever. But 
the reality is that ain't that ain't what I do. That's not my that's not my uh, my gift. You know, um, my gift is in my art. You know, um, and even in every movement, artists have played some part. Like even even in the civil rights movement. You know, uh, with Martin Luther King and all them. Mahalia Jackson sang the songs to get them motivated to march. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the drummer boy, he played to play the drums. You know, armies have bands, right? Um, so, you know, so every movement has a part. And I'm a part of a larger movement. But my, but my purpose in it is to use my art um, to make an impact um, w- within the overall. And, and, and I connect to the people through my poetry, through my stage plays, with a message and with that message once it's connected to the audience my art then creates a larger discussion for them to start making working towards solutions so that's my purpose to use my art to show people things that they need to see through a different perspective through a different lens uh, so like my stage play the odds against us it talks about the reality of black youth but from their perspective because often we hear all these statistics about you know what black youth are doing how many are dropping out of school how many are killing each other how many are pregnant how many are doing whatever but we never get to hear from those young people about why they acting up and why they doing this why is she 13 and having sex anyway so so when we hear her tell us and hear him tell us this then we get to understand what they're going through a lot a, a lot better you know so once we understand the problems then we can start creating strategic solutions to overcome those problems uh, so I showed I show those type of honest truths through my art you know like even through the, the play dear black people it's a satire it'll make you laugh but it's talking about a whole lot of deep issue deep-rooted issues in the african-american community um, so when we watch this you go laugh for the first 20 minutes but I promise you towards that towards that middle and end we'll give you some real deep clear, thorough solutions to how we can overcome these things in the African-American community. Uh, so I show, so I show, so that's my purpose right there, to use my art to open the people's eyes, uh, to, to, to bring some type of change. That's awesome, and I think it's really important for people to see your stage plays and to read those books and to have access to that type of information. So can you tell me other ways that people have either come to you or ways that you've tried to reach out to people to use your art for change, aside from the examples you've already given us? Uh, I mean, so mostly, you know, uh, it's been professional professional development. Um, so recently, um, my play, Dear Black People, was... Um, was booked in Fort Smith, Arkansas. And if you ever been to Fort Smith, it's a real, it's a mm-hmm. city that lacks culture. It ain't got no culture, no culture at all. It's dry, people ain't, they ain't hip to what's going on in the world. It's just real, you know, whatever. You don't want to live there if you, you know. It's not a place for, you know, young black people, I'll tell you that. Uh, so uh, so we were booked to bring the, the stage play Dear Black People to this city. Uh, so when we got there, man, the audience was, it was there was, few, there was some black folks in there, but it was a whole lot of old-looking white folks, like mm-hmm. old white folks. And I'm like, and dear black people, we got the word nigga in it. They got, uh, you know, we got some, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a scene that's called Exploring the Lyrics. And, uh, and we talk about all the, so we, we rap the lyrics to songs, and then, uh, and then we break it down. So it's like, throw that ass in the circle, and then we ex- break it down, you know. Um, so it was just real black, dear black people. Mm-hmm. Is, and, um, but... You know, after you know performing that play, um, you know um, we had white people come to us. You know, the older black folks. You know, younger, even the the young children that were in the audience. 
uh, they were impacted by the work, and, and they came at tours afterwards, and they was telling us about it. So, you know, so so the people, the, the organization called A State of Mind, um, they 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 felt there was a need for uh, some cultural competence or some cultural uh, education uh, in that community, um, and they brought us to bring that. You know, uh, you know. And they, they kind of had explained that to us before they booked us, uh, but we really got to see it firsthand uh, when we actually got in there and we performed it. Because these folks were like, oh my God, we didn't know this, you know? Mm -hmm. So, you know, a lot of black folks learn a lot of things about themselves. A lot of white folks learn a lot of things about blackness, you know? Um, so, um, so yeah, so I think, you know, that was, a, that was an experience where um, we got to really educate and, um, yeah, where somebody reached out to us. To, to That's one thing I like about art. They just kind of put it in your face, and it's up to yeah. you on, on how you perceive it and what you do with that. What is one thing that the general public does not know about you that you feel like they'd be like, what? Uh, uh, I, mean, I think it's a few, a few okay, things. Okay, come on, uh, share. But but also, I'm I'm, pr I'm a pretty public guy, so I, I've shown I've you know I always talk about the uh, everything that I do and, mm -hmm. and everything I am. Um, but um, in my newest book, Black Boy Blues, uh, it's a lot of honesty in that book about things that I've experienced and things that I've gone through. So buy the book, you know, thechrisjamesjourney.com. You know, uh, so again, thechrisjamesjourney.com. Uh, so anyway, uh, so that book, in that book you hear a lot, a lot, a lot of great stuff. But uh, a lot of folks don't know that I'm the father of five children. Um, uh, I had my first when I was 16, um, and my biggest why, um, a lot of folks don't know why I do what I do. And that's something, yeah, so that, there it is. There people it is, don't know God, why I do you. what I do, right? Um, people always see me, like, I always post, po posting up a new event. Uh, I'm, I'm traveling somewhere different. I'm always doing something. And that's because I'm working for, for me and two other people. And it ain't my mama, you know, it ain't my, it ain't my five kids, it's for my brothers. No, and that's my bigger why, because uh, my brothers, they were in prison uh, when I was 16 years old. Um, so they've been gone now 10 and 11 years. Uh, one has 25 years and one has 40 years. Um, so I grind so hard because I have to grind for them. Because when they come home, they'll be 40 and 50 some years old, and they'll lack a lot of knowledge. They'll lack, they'll lack a, a lot of, they won't know what's going on in the world. You know, so they'll be doing, a, have to do a whole lot of catching up. And if they ain't got somebody that, that, have, that has a foundation for them, they go repeat those same things that, they, that, they, that got them in prison, and they go go back. So I'm grinding so hard, I'm leaving Arkansas uh, because I have to do something much bigger for my brothers. Um, and that's, yeah, so I don't think a lot of people know that or understand, you know, why I'm so passionate about my journey. Um, but it's because of my brothers, you know, they need me to win. You know, um, there have been times where I wanted to give up. You know, I'm like, well, I, I can still go do something easy, like go be a teacher. Um, but I know in order to create a really good foundation for my brothers, I have to continue my journey. Uh, and I can't give up because it ain't about me. Um, I have other people who are rooting for me to win, who need me to win more than I need myself to win. And that's why I do it. Wow, that's real. That's real. Okay, Chris James, thank you so much for talking with us today. Was I loud in your ear? No, nah, you, you, you went out. <laughs> okay. I, okay, there you go. All right, here, all right. Go ahead and tell everybody where they can connect with you, um, your website, social media, all that information. Man, uh, so they can follow me on all social media uh, by just typing in 
the Chris James Journey. So on Facebook is the Chris James Journey. On uh, Instagram is Chris James Journey. Um, yeah, so Chris James Journey. Uh, you can follow me. So Chris James Journey. So because I'm on the journey, I'm on, the, I'm traveling, I'm on the road uh, to get somewhere further in life, man. So that's how you can follow me. All right, thanks so much, Chris. Thank you, Lydia.